Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. The animal that I'm going to be talking about this week is up there as one of the larger animals that we've talked about on the podcast so far. They're found in North America and can go by multiple different names. But even though they're hard to miss because of their size, you probably haven't seen one in the wild. They're symbolic to many people in the United States, and they even have a football team named after them. So get ready to talk about the heaviest land animals in North America, buffaloes. are animals that probably best represent the American West. In the United States, the term buffalo is commonly used to refer to the American bison, so buffalo and bison can be used interchangeably. The word buffalo has many different meanings, and what's really cool is that the sentence that I'm about to say is 100% grammatically correct. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. Isn't the English language so interesting? So buffaloes are a part of the Bovidae family, and they resemble the old world buffaloes which live in Asia and Africa. Cows are also a part of the Bovidae family, but the closest relatives of buffaloes are the European bison. American bison have lived from Canada all the way to Mexico, with their population reaching its peak 150 years ago, with 30 million bison in the Great Plains region. But sadly today, there's less than 1% that remain. And we're going to talk about why that is later on in the episode. They live in river valleys, plains, and prairies, looking for grasses and vegetation to eat. And while they're related to cows, they have a lot of characteristics that make them unique. First of all, they're a lot larger. They can be 6.5 to 11 feet tall, and can weigh over 2,000 pounds. And males weigh around 1,000 pounds more than females. And this is a little abnormal because many times in nature, the female is actually much larger than the male. So this means that they're not only the largest animal in North America, they're also the heaviest. Their tails can be 19 to 23 and a half inches in length, and they have coarse, shaggy, dark brown hair. And they also have a characteristic back hump with two short horns on their head. And just like other cattle, a group of buffaloes is called a herd. Ancestors of the American bison can be traced back to over 400,000 years ago. They're thought to have traveled here from Asia because there was a land bridge at one point that connected Asia and North America. And prehistoric bison were much larger than they are today. Fossil records show that they had horns up to 9 feet long from tip to tip. Buffaloes are herbivores that eat grasses, shrubs, herbs, and small twigs, and they don't really have the best table manners. 
First of all, they're constantly on the move, even when they're chewing their grass. And because their diet sometimes consists of roughage, which isn't easy to digest, they regurgitate their food and chew it again in order to further break it down. Then they swallow it for final digestion. Because it can get pretty cold in the areas that they call home, there can be a lot of snow that gets in the way of their food. Buffalo use their heads and hooves to move the snow so that they can eat. And remember how I was talking about their hump earlier? This is why it's important. It provides the buffalo with extra strength for the motion of removing snow. Buffalo spend most of their day eating, usually grazing about 9 to 11 hours every day. Because they're so huge, buffaloes don't really have many predators, but one animal that they really have to watch out for, besides humans, is wolves. Even though wolves are much smaller than buffaloes, they work in packs in order to take them down. Buffaloes might seem easy to catch, but they're faster than they look. They can reach speeds of up to 40 miles per hour. Okay, we're going to take our first break, and when we get back, we'll talk about how buffaloes act in groups. The person that I want to recognize on this week's episode of Notable Figures in Science is Matthew Henson. He was an American explorer and cartographer, which means he was a map maker. He was known as being the first person to stand at the top of the world in the North Pole. Unfortunately, he wasn't given the proper credit that he deserved at the time because he was black. He and another explorer named Robert Peary wanted to map the Greenland ice cap for the first time back in 1891. This journey lasted them 18 years. During the journey, they also found meteor fragments belonging to the Cape York meteorite, which weighs 31 tons, that they sold to the Museum of Natural History. His partner got most of the credit because he was white, but Henson was the guy who really made everything work on the trip from fishing to dog handling to communicating with the local Inuit people. He deserves to be recognized for his work. If you want to learn more about Matthew Henson or this series, check out onwildlife.org. Okay, welcome back. The mating season, which is called rutting, lasts from July to August. Buffaloes follow a polygynous mating system, meaning that one male mates with multiple females. And the dominant males, or bulls, will find small groups of females, or cows, and chase away their competition. While females reach sexual maturity around 2 to 3 years old, and males reach it at 3 years old, males don't usually breed until around 6 years of age, when they're at a size that they can compete with other bulls for mates. In order to establish dominance, males will headbutt each other to see who's stronger. I don't think I'd want those horns coming at me with that amount of speed and power. And during the mating season, this is where buffaloes can be extremely dangerous. They can become much more aggressive because they have to be constantly ready to battle each other. The gestation period for a buffalo is around 9 months, And just like many other large mammals, they usually only have one baby or calf at a time. 
Baby buffaloes can be referred to as red dogs because when they're born, they have orangish red hair that grows to a darker brown within a few months. They're not born with the signature hump that adults have. It develops after a few months of life. But calves are also huge. They can weigh from 30 to 70 pounds when they're born. Buffaloes can also live to be around 20 years old in the wild. And when it comes to social structure, buffaloes are kind of like kids at an 8th grade dance. The males and females like to stay in separate herds. Many herds are small, but others can get to be pretty large. In Yellowstone National Park, there's a herd that has almost 5,000 individuals in it. This is also the largest herd in North America. But usually when the herd is that large, it's around mating season, where both males and females come together. The groups can consist of one or more females, multiple generations of offspring, and also multiple males. The males like to station themselves on the outside of the pack in order to protect the young and so that they can form their own little small groups. One of the most effective strategies for buffaloes to defend against wolves is to form a tight circle where the adults are on the outside and can stand facing the wolves. They can then use their horns to ward off the wolves and keep them from getting too close to the offspring in the middle of the herd. Compared to the rest of their body, buffaloes have pretty small eyes. They're nearsighted and have poor eyesight. But this has allowed for their senses of smell and hearing to become heightened and more sensitive. Their sense of smell is so good that they can smell an animal up to two miles away. And they also use grunts to communicate during the mating season, and some can be heard from great distances away. Aside from that, they also use a lot of body language to communicate with each other. For example, buffaloes are extremely expressive with their tails, kind of like dogs. When they're calm, their tail hangs straight down, and when they're angry or agitated, their tail is usually standing straight up. This could also be a sign that they're ready to charge at something or someone. Buffaloes can also display a behavior called wallowing, where they roll in the dirt. This helps them shed their fur, and it also acts as an insect repellent. They can't reach every part of their body with their hooves, so it's important to take these measures in order to protect against parasites. Males will also wallow in peak mating season to lead their scent and put on a display of strength. And even though they look like big teddy bears, buffaloes are extremely unpredictable and can become aggressive without any warning. So if you see one in the wild, it's best to keep your distance. It's even hard to keep them fenced in, as they can jump as high as 6 feet. So because they've been in North America for a long time, they also have a long history with humans. Let's talk about that right after the break. Wild mammals make up what estimated percentage of the mammal population on Earth? A. 25%, B. 62%, C. 4%, or D. 34%? The answer is C. Wild animals make up only 4% of the mammal population currently on Earth. The amount of wild mammals has decreased over 80% since human civilization due to habitat loss and overhunting. 
Okay, we're back. Buffaloes have had a relationship with people for an extremely long time. Native Americans even settled into their lands because there were a lot of buffaloes in that area. They relied on them for food, shelter, and spirituality as they used every part of the animal to honor it, even hooves and tail hair. The use of the buffalo by Native Americans wasn't really a problem because they weren't wasteful and they allowed time for the buffalo populations to grow back. But when the Europeans started expanding and settling west in North America, they hunted with guns and started killing millions of buffaloes for their hides to sell or just for sport. Their hides were used for clothing and production of other materials. Buffalo Bill Cody famously slaughtered up to 4,000 buffaloes in one year, and this was actually the main attraction at his Wild West show. And what's really horrible is that the American government encouraged this mass killing of buffaloes in order to limit the primary food source of Native Americans, and in turn, this forced the Native Americans to give up their lands to the settlers. Now, I'm not an expert at this, but it's really something that's important to talk about. So if you want to learn more about Native Americans and their relationship with buffaloes, you can look at the organization White Bison. This all started in the early 1800s, and by 1889, there were fewer than 1,000 buffaloes left in the wild. In 1905, the American Bison Society was formed to attempt to create more wild herds. Teddy Roosevelt then convinced Congress to create wildlife preserves to protect wild buffaloes, leading to their protection in Yellowstone National Park. In 1992, the Intertribal Buffalo Council was in the works with the National Park Service to transfer bison to tribal lands from national parks. And today, the American bison is considered ecologically extinct, meaning that while they still exist within their ecosystems, they're no longer abundant enough to interact meaningfully with other species. The last free-roaming buffalo herd exists in Yellowstone, which is the herd that I mentioned previously. There are currently 150 to 200,000 buffaloes in the U.S., with the majority of them being raised as livestock for commercial meat consumption and hide sales. One of the biggest issues in recovering their populations right now is that they're facing a genetic bottleneck. Because there are so few buffaloes left in the wild, they're all very closely related to each other, which can lead to genetic diseases and unhealthy offspring. According to the IUCN, their populations are stable right now, but they're near threatened and they're vulnerable to habitat loss. Buffaloes are keystone species, meaning that their survival directly impacts other species' survival. As they eat their food, they actually aerate the soil with their hooves. When they do this, it makes the soil more nutritious and helps plants grow more, which is great for any animal in an ecosystem. Their wallowing is also important for other animals. They create depressions in the soil, which allows for a more diverse number of insects and other small animals. Buffaloes also hold a huge cultural significance to indigenous people. For example, in Lakota oral tradition, the first humans were born from a place called the Wind Cave, and it's said that buffaloes were also born of that cave as well. This shows the connection that tribes of the plains had with the buffalo. So obviously buffaloes are really important to the ecosystem and to humans, and there are some great organizations that are helping them right now. You should definitely check out 
the American Bison Society, the National Bison Association, and the National Buffalo Foundation. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of buffaloes. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. You can also email us with any questions at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at onwildlife. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's On Wildlife. listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray. On Wildlife provides general educational information on various topics as a public service, which should not be construed as professional, financial, real estate, tax, or legal advice. These are our personal opinions only. Please refer to our full disclaimer policy on our website for full details.